Hey everyone, welcome back to Latter Day Takes. I kind of missed the tail end of last week, just let the time get away from me. Had a kind of busy, busy week with uh, work stuff. In fact, I'm hoping this won't be the case. Uh, I'm hoping I can still keep up two episodes a week, but I am getting in kind of the busier season of the year for me. Elections coming up, all that stuff, and uh, the whole month of October is a little bit busier than all the other months. So things are going to be ramping up here in a little bit, but should be okay. With that said, on today's episode, I brought back in Chase Bartholomew to kind of help me along the way because we had some things that we wanted to cover, specifically tragedy up at the University of Utah. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, and then I did just have a birthday, so believe it or not. The big 3-4, I guess. Everything's the big whatever, but uh, 34 years old, and I talk about how birthdays are kind of overrated, and I feel like if there's ever a time to talk about that, it's on your own birthday, so there you go. Get into that. It was a fun day, though. I loved it. We have a little back and forth talking about that, and then uh, we get into a little bit of BYU football, kind of the state of the program right now, kind of where we're expectations should lie and things like that so um i've talked to a few people that are going to come on as time goes by so i'm excited to get some other guests on here um one of which uh is a nurse who had previously worked in the icu and i want to bring her on to kind of talk covid stuff um which i know is probably overblown or not overblown but like overplayed at this point but um i still think relevant and interesting and we're seeing cases blow up again at least here in utah i think kind of all over the world which is also interesting and i, I don't know if it's all delta variant stuff or what but anyway i hope you're all staying safe out there um and most of all that y'all are doing well and that you're feeling the love from wherever you are i know that may sound weird but i mean it anyway hope you all had a great weekend and hope you all are gearing up for a great week. And I'll see you all later this week. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. Of it, most of it. And they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, the Mormons were the correct answer. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. All right. So on today's pod, I got Chase Chase Bart back in the studio. Um, I hope people, I hope people know when I say stuff like that, studio and live and stuff like that, I'm being facetious. But the fact that I have to explain that out of insecurity is probably... It's not even a joke we're doing anymore. Anyway, um, Chase, you're back with us under uh, tough circumstances to to some degree. Not really. This isn't why we wanted to talk, but it was something that we felt like we had to address because it's one of those things, once again, that transcends 
sports rivalries. We talked about this kind of early on when 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 I started the podcast. That was more dedicated to to BYU sports. Um, but another tragedy had occurred to the University of Utah, um, and in such like unbelievable circumstances. Like there are so many crossovers here that you just it's stranger than fiction quite frankly um aaron lowe who was the first recipient and really good friend of uh ty jordan's he, he was the first recipient of the ty jordan scholarship that the youths put together in honor of ty jordan who had died in, uh, from a gunshot i think it was self-inflicted but not suicide from what i understand um it was accidental at his home in texas his good friend Aaron Lowe, who was the first rep- recipient of the scholarship made in his name and wore his number, a defensive back in the University of Utah, tragically was shot and killed in the early morning Sunday at a house party in Sugar House. Like I said, those were one of those things that are just stranger than fiction and nobody really wants to address, but I just thought it was worth kind of giving the youths a shout out and let them know that we're kind of thinking about them praying, praying for them. And it's just such a sad thing, but something that truly does transcend what sports is all about and can help bring us together when otherwise, you know, we don't generally find common ground over a lot of things. Yeah. That program has been through a rough year. And the fact that, I mean, this ever happening is like such a crazy weird thing. And then to have it happen twice within a year is just mind-boggling so yeah definitely uh pulling for them to get through that situation and uh, makes you kind of make realize that your petty differences in the rivalry aren't all they're made out to be so oh absolutely like they're just um yeah i i i don't know how utah i mean obviously you don't bounce back from something like this right it's something that just stays with you probably like quite frankly forever in some regards but this has got to be just Utah's not playing well. They had already suffered a tragic loss from a great player. From what I, from what I heard, he had a lot of potential. He was running back Ty Jordan going into the season. And they had some memories that, of him that they were sharing throughout the season, like wearing the number 22 for everybody. And um, then this happens to the very player that received a scholarship in his name and a good friend of his. You just, I don't know where the Utes go from here. You know, do they try and buckle down and, you know, win something or do they just fold? And I honestly kind of think if I'm on the team, this is such a hard thing to have to go through that. I think, I don't know if like, I don't even care anymore. You know, it's like the season just kind of seems like a throwaway at this point. We already weren't particularly playing well. Plus this, like, compounded by a previous death on the team in the off season. Like, I, I don't even know if I'm really making sense here, but if I'm on the team, I don't have a lot of motivation to, you know, really try and make good things happen and, and bounce back. I just kind of feel like, you know what, I'm just going to call this a wash and try and come back next year or something. I don't know. And maybe that just goes to show how much of a weaker person I am than a college athlete or than a typical college athlete. Yeah. I mean, I think it could go either way. I think it could be like some kind of, unifying moment for them to get behind and like play play inspired football with the memory of this player in mind or it could just do what you said and just become like a 
the season's just kind of over and they just have bigger fish to fry, bigger things to worry about than football and who knows, but yeah, definitely good good thoughts out to them, whatever happens. For sure. And the thought even had occurred to me, I was like, is that worth canceling a football season over? And obviously the answer is no, but it is kind of, that's just the fact that the thought came across my mind where I was like, it is so crazy for things like this to happen that it almost seems like let's just cancel it all together, which I know is even stupid to suggest. And I would never, I would certainly not hope that was ever the case or ever even on the radar. Um, Cause it would definitely be like, you're folding to terrible things happening and nobody wants that. But anyway, I feel like I'm probably being a little bit excessive here, but it's just, Anyway, you don't wish that on your worst enemy ever in any circumstances, but shout out to to the Utes and their fans, and hopefully they can bounce back. It'll be interesting to see how Kyle Whittingham responds to this, and I do not envy him in his position to have to like really rally his team and, and get him in a better place because that's got to be one of the hardest things any college football coach is dealing with right now. I can't imagine a harder thing for any football coach in college right now in the country, anything harder than what Kyle Whittingham is going through right now. Seriously. The, really. That's the hardest thing I can imagine. But Yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair statement. I would agree. Anyway, um, one thing I wanted to talk about uh, is a topic outside of sports. And it's relevant to me because I just had my birthday. Do you want me to sing you happy birthday or I would love nothing more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of planning on you saying no to that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, freaking empty promises, dude. You're always full of those. Uh, birthdays are overrated. It's good, change my mind. Well, there are, there is a church out there that uh, is anti-birthday. You could join them. It's uh, the Jehovah's witness. Do they not celebrate birthdays even? That, that's what I was told. It could just be one of those things people say. I mean, people say all kinds of crap about Mormons that aren't true. So maybe that's one of those <laughs> things. But uh, I definitely heard that all the time. Um, but no, I, this is something we agree on. I, I feel This like, could make the podcast bad then. Maybe we shouldn't get too deep into this. But <laughs> No, like I feel like birthdays make sense up until about your 16th birthday, maybe even 18th birthday. But after that, like it just becomes repetitious. Um, like I, I just don't, I don't understand when people are deep into their twenties and thirties and still getting all worked up about their birthday. And I, I mean, it sounds like you kind of agree with that. It just, yeah, uh. I just, I, so obviously you take it the other way. Well, you're, you're saying like, well, you could always join, join the Jehovah's witnesses. And it's like, it's not that I don't like birthdays period. I actually like, I especially like well, not especially, but I definitely like making people try and feel special on their birthday. I'm all about that. Like, I'm not, I would never look at one of my own kids and be like, buck up, birthdays are overrated. I'm like, gonna make my kid feel happy, loved, and like there's something we're celebrating, like them coming into the world. I get that. When you become 34 and you're a male, not married, like, and your expectations are like, everybody better worship me on this day. You've got uh you've got some issues, man. It's there's, my birthday week. There. It's my birthday month. <laughs> no joke. That's one of those things where on a first date, if you're able to get the words the term out of your date, birthday week, run for the hills. Bad sign. Yeah. 
birthday it's week. Hard, dude. It's hard enough to keep a woman happy on her birthday or like the anniversary <laughs> or all that. But to do that for a whole week, that's some that's some crazy expectations. I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. It's a big ask, dude. <laughs> what are there, only 53 weeks in a year, 52? Yeah, it's a whole week. That's that's 2% of the whole week. Right there. That's, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, we're running out of weeks as it is. Like, like the fact that you want us to keep it together, period, emotionally, for any given week, <laughs> with all the stress going on in the world, that alone is a big ass, let alone make somebody feel special the entire week. Nah, I, I'm out on that, man. I, and I just, I did make the comparison one time that if you're, no joke, if you, like, the threshold has got to be, like, 26. If you're throwing your own birthday parties and 26 and older, even if you're single, married, whatever... I don't know if we can be friends and I don't say that as a way of like, I will shun you. I mean, like literally, I don't think we have the personalities to really match up and bond. I just don't think it's there because we just see the world differently. Well, yeah. Cause there's, I mean, there's a big difference between being 11 and being 12 or being 15 and being 16. Like I understand those are, those milestones are significant early in your life, but what the hell is the difference between being 33 and 34? <laughs> like, <laughs> or there's no difference. Like who looks for, like, in fact, I've reached a point in my life where there are m- multiple times during the year where I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm the, I, I have to like do the math in my head and make sure I'm the age I think I am because it just becomes so insignificant. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't matter. Like it, it doesn't matter. And so when, when that day happens to happen where I have my birthday, I just, I feel nothing. Inside. You have to have your birthday. That's how you refer to it. I'm not that jaded. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. And, and then it's like, like an obligation to you. It's like, oh gosh, I have well, to have my birthday today. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of like, so there's those movies we watch every Christmas, right? Like Christmas vacation, Christmas story, and they're great movies. And there's a lot of nostalgia built into watching those every year. But I've found as I've gotten older that the enjoyment of those starts to deteriorate a little bit because you just, you you reach a certain number of repetitions where it's just not as, it's not what it used to be. And I feel the same way about birthdays. It's just, okay, we're doing this thing again. Okay. I'm, I'm whatever age I am now. And we blow out the candles and let's move on with our lives. Like it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are your expectations for your own birthday then at this age? I have zero expectations. It's in fact, if anything, it's kind of like a nuisance to go through. Like, even if my family wants to like have a cake and sing happy birthday, even that's like, okay, let's just get this over with. I'm (laughs) I'm extremely jaded about the whole thing. I just, I don't feel any need to be celebrated for doing nothing. I I feel zero desire to have that. Well, you're not doing nothing. I mean, you're staying alive. Yeah, that's true. I stayed alive, which is, yeah. Really, I mean, maybe that's maybe it's actually more relevant when you're like 80 or 90, because then it's like each year you stay alive. That's an accomplishment. But like <laughs> at 33, staying alive, I mean, I, I would hope that uh, I would hope that I'm more than capable of doing that for the next. Where year. are you going to draw the line when you get married and be like, nope, sorry, this is too much, and just like have to tell your wife like you're you're expecting way too much for your birthday. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's, I, I think I've, I've reached this point in my life without getting married. I can't die on too many Hills, so I'm not going to die on that Hill. But you know, as far as my own birthday, I'm going to make a point of not making a big deal of it. That's for sure. What about your kids? Are you going to like tell your kids like, sorry, no, we've, uh, we have reached the threshold. You have had enough fun for your birthday. Time to go back to work. No, cause I'm not against kids celebrating their birthdays. That's a big deal when you're a kid. So no, I'm, this doesn't apply to children. So when you say kid is like with disdain, 
That's a big deal when you're a kid. Screw <laughs> <for> kids. <laughs> I was never a kid. But I mean, uh, yeah. So, the, so for my birthday, I didn't do much. Like honestly, um, had a nice, quiet morning. I actually went to the store and bought myself some sugared cereal because I don't eat sugared cereal. I don't eat cereal, right? I mean, all cereal should be sugared. If you're already going to eat something that unhealthy, you might as well put sugar in it. So I, sh- I don't even like. I shouldn't even have to refer to it as sugared cereal. But um, I got fruity pebbles and peanut butter puffs. I'm not even sure why. Fruity pebbles are kind of like the best, right? Those are the OGs. Those are amazing. But I don't know. I saw the peanut butter puffs and I was like, I'll do that as, as well. Well, and you bring up a good point. I think it's when you're at the age where you're capable of treating yourself whenever you want to, that's when birthdays stop mattering. Yeah, that's a good, actually, that's yeah. a really good kind of like line. Like that's the line. When you reach that line, when people are like, what do you want for your birthday? And it's like, I, I get whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, whenever I want. Yeah, I bought it on Amazon last week. Yeah, and it exactly. wasn't for my birthday. It's because I wanted it, and I bought it. Yeah. Once you're that's, at that point, point, then yeah, you don't need birthday parties anymore. Yeah, and if and if nobody is in your life to give you something thoughtful for your birthday in order to make it more meaningful, then sheesh, I'm sorry, you know, like maybe then then just treat yourself whenever you want. I guess I don't know. I'm sure the um, I'm sure the women who listen to this podcast are going to love everything we're saying here. This absolutely, there's uh, no question in my mind. Yeah, and there's also no question in my mind that they're listening to us and being like, "I just don't get why these guys aren't single." <laughs> yeah, that's okay. They're they're entitled to their theories and their opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually love some feedback from others if they have anything more to say. There, I mean, like, I I actually am looking forward to like treating my wife on her birthday, hopefully not birth week. I really don't want that to be a thing. Or having but birthday birth, birth month. Oh my dude. No. Cause there, no. there I've seen, I have, I have observed that no, no one that I've dated, but I have seen on Instagram people talking about their birthday month. And I'm just like, okay, I'm taking the next exit and driving in the opposite direction. <laughs> I'm not dealing with a birthday month. Um, yeah, so I got my own cereal and I had a couple bowls and then my roommate was like, hey, he's a good friend of mine. He's like, hey, let's go to lunch. And I was like, cool, I will. Um, so we did. We went to lunch. And at that point, I'm like, gosh, dang it. Maybe I shouldn't have bought my own cereal because I'm just like get, starting to get full. Like your birthday is one of those days where you just always eat. Yeah. And because um, we have no other way to celebrate, apparently. But um, and then uh came back, had like a nice afternoon watching some games, college football. It was a great college football day yesterday. Went to the BYU game uh, last the, that night, and then um, uh, saw BYU almost lose to South Florida, which is a freaking just atrocious. Which is something we kind of have to talk about. I think there's probably probably put a bow on birthdays and let our curmudgeon selves <laughs> exit the door and let our new curmudgeon selves talk about BYU football. So I think almost lose is a bit of an overstatement. I definitely You're right. That is an overstatement. I'll even admit that. I mean that game was never in danger of being lost. It's just we we did not gain any style points from the game, which is what you wanted to see. This was our chance to go out there and blow someone out of the water. Um on the other hand, the AP voters didn't seem to care because we're number thirteen now, so we didn't lose any votes in the AP poll. But yeah, you would have liked to have seen BYU put them away. I mean, we started off with three straight touchdowns, bam, bam, bam. You would have thought that trend would have carried throughout the game, but it didn't. 
And so I was waiting to see Conover. I'm like, can we see Conover come in and like midway through the second quarter? And like, that seemed feasible at one point. Oh, it did. I mean, it seemed like we were going to get to halftime. The game was going to be over. And then Conover gets a chance to come out and get some snaps. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But Baylor Romney, and it wasn't the offense's fault. The offense pretty Not much- at all. The offense looked fantastic. Yeah. And Baylor Romney, dude, I wasn't surprised at all. I've been saying the whole time, of the three, Wilson, Romney, and Hall, I actually thought uh, Romney might have been the best passer. He had the best timing. Um, he didn't have the best arm, but I mean, like, legitimately, like, just with his, the routes and everything, he just, he just knew where to put very, it. His, his decision-making is very, very good. Yeah. Like you never watch Baylor Romney throw a pass and you're like, oh, he should have gone here or he should have thrown it away. He pretty much always makes the right decision. Now, I don't think that should jeopardize Jaron Hall's job at all because I think Jaron Hall's just went up against three P5 teams. Romney played a crappy South Florida team. So I think what there's no there's really no conclusions to take away from this as far as the quarterback battle, if there is one, is concerned. But we do know that Romney's a very capable backup. At the very least, yeah. Someone had said, uh, I think a friend, friend of the program, Austin Story, had said he's been saying for a bit that he thinks Baylor Romney might be the best backup in the country. Um, I think that's a pretty bold statement, but quite frankly, it's possible he's top ten. I Baylor think it's very Rom- possible. I think which Baylor is saying Rom- a lot when Baylor- you have the best when you have top ten best backup in the country. Like that's actually saying a lot about your your program or that at least that backup because. Alabama, USC. We just saw USC's backup quarterback light up San Diego State last week, right? The kid looked amazing. So to say that no holds barred, I think that's a bit of a bold statement, but he's definitely top 10, I'd say. Yeah, I would confidently say that Baylor Romney could start at half of P5 programs, if not more. I mean, I think he's that good. And Jaron Hall does start. Really? I think he would. I think Jaron Hall is a top 25 quarterback right now. And I think Baylor Romney's a top 50 quarterback, at least. And so, hmm. you know, do with, do with that as you will. But that, to me, suggests about half of P5 programs, he could probably compete for the starting job. Huh, that's interesting. I mean, I have to remember that there's a lot of, like, garbage P5 programs out there. I mean, it's probably safe to say that he would be able to start at the University of Utah, right? I don't oh, think. They would take him. If they could take him this year, they would take him, I bet. Yeah, probably right. I mean, I don't know. I How did – um? I didn't really get – I didn't see their game. Actually, their game was not, like – Oh, like really available from from the platforms that I was using. Um, did you get to see how the Utes did with uh, Rising? No, I had the same problem. I'm on Hulu, um, and Hulu doesn't have Pac-12. I am switching to YouTube TV, so maybe they'll have that. But um, I use the... YouTube TV, and the package I have doesn't have the Pac-12. But oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of. I mean, talk about a crappy deal. You're in a P5 conference, and like normal streaming services can't carry your your games. That's ridiculous. I think it's probably just a higher package and maybe I'm the cheapskate. I don't know. I just do it with my brother, but mm-hmm. we didn't get the Pac-12, uh-huh. I guess. But we got a well, bunch of others. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they still beat you, Washington State. So, I mean, in Washington, I mean, I don't know. They're they're not very good, but they're still a P5 program. So, it's not like Utah sucks. It's just they're they're struggling. They're not, yeah. they're, they're not, they're not like right now, like showing evidence that they're in the race to win the conference or anything. No, not even particularly close, it sounds like, but... Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Um, the defense is what really killed us yesterday. And apparently we were down like four starters. That doesn't seem like enough for us to struggle as much as we did in yeah, that. I, I, I didn't in the get second it. Half. 
I didn't get a list of everyone who was out, but I know that uh, I mean Keenan Peely, who's our starting linebacker, right? He's think, out for the season. Yeah, that's that's probably going to cost us. I think at some point in the season, um, like I, as much as it's fun to dream, I mean, we are four and zero right now, and I think the, I mean BYU went four and zero last year, and the, the the only other time in the last twenty years we've done that started off four and zero was uh, the Croton team, and then two thousand eight. Um, and so really like, it's not that common. So we should just be happy. We're out. We're number 13. We're four. No, if you would have told either of us, we were going to be in this position a month ago, we would be ecstatic. So I'm not negative. No, I, I'm not negative at all. Quite frankly, I'm coming off a little bit harsher than I should be quite like, seriously, that's just the truth because we are in a fantastic position, but it does kind of put things into perspective where it's like Baylor is legitimately a team we could lose to. It looks like, um, and then USC, especially if our defense does not get fixed. So it's not that it's negative. Like, it's a great spot to be in. But I think where the negativity comes into play is basically it looks like now the potential is we could get trounced by somebody like Baylor or USC. It's not just that we might lose a close game. Like, it could get ugly if we have the same performance we showed last night. And the second half, what I hated about it is that it kind of seemed like the players came out and were like, this game's over it almost seemed like we were already just putting second stringers on the field in the second half. Their quarterback completely exposed like our defense with how mobile he was. That was a problem. Yeah. I will say though, we felt this way every week in the Arizona game, the same thing happened. We were destroying them and then they came back the Utah game. We had a good lead and they kind of came back and we had to put them away the same thing with Arizona state. So I think that just kind of is maybe part of the way this team plays. And as long as that's a really interesting point you're making, all four games have basically played out the same. Oh, they have. They've been the same plot every single. And what this 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 team sort of feels like if if there's a team out there, if I'm like putting lofty expectations out there, it kind of feels like the 2012 Notre Dame team with Manti Teo, where they weren't dominating the competition. They just found ways to win. And, mm. and they at the end of the game, they would always be the team with the higher score. And we almost beat that team. We did. And then, yeah, they almost lost to a like a, a mediocre BYU team. And yeah, Riley Nelson kinda, missed a wide-open Cody yeah. Hoffman down the field. And that would have been like, a game, yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. So I, I think we could kind of be that type of team that just for whatever reason, we kind of play to the level of our competition. We just eke out wins. If, if we keep doing that, I'm more than happy. Yeah, but, for sure. But you are playing with fire because you could lose a game easily playing that way. Back, back to that Riley Nelson play. I do want to point out, it's not that he just missed him, like the throw to. Like, no, he literally missed him because he saw him, but threw <laughs> it like 20 yards over his head. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the worst passes I've ever seen. And- it's it was garbage. It it makes Charlie Brewer look like a Hall of Fame quarterback. Which yeah, we got to talk. I mean, I, I don't want to like dunk on the Utes right now. Everything going on with them, but that I Brewer- think there's enough separation in the podcast. They know how we feel. Like yeah. honestly, are, we are very heartfelt towards the Utes and their community. That does not stop us from pointing out some idiosyncrasies that might be going on in the program outside of all mm-hmm. the stuff that's outside of their control. Obviously, yeah. I mean, who the hell like transfers to a program? And then and then loses his job and immediately just quits. That's just well. That's not a. You're not even talking about a dunk on the Utes anyway. This actually has nothing to do with Utah. In fact, brewer, I kind yeah. of I kind of feel for Utah fans because it's like, dang, you totally like got a grad transfer that's a total whiny baby. That's the fact of the matter. Yeah. Well, and that and they kind of. I don't know if I've ever stated this theory publicly, but I've never been very confident in quarterback transfers. I I, I know that transfer players work out all the time in other positions, but something about being the quarterback. 
and leaving a place. It just seems like that success never follows that or very rarely does it like, cause you at least there's something at, about that with a yeah. quarterback specifically. Has there ever been a quarterback transfer that was highly successful in his new program besides Jake keeps obviously. Well, I, I think that it, was the obvious success. Because wasn't wasn't was it? Don't gloss over my joke, dude. That's hilarious. No, no, that, that, that is hilarious. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. In my, <laughs> I'm laughing in my brain right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, good. But uh, no, the wasn't Kyler Murray a transfer? Um. Okay. So I got a couple. I don't. Yeah, Kyler Murray was. He transferred from Alabama to Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. But that's got another of, one. But that's Alabama. Like, okay, you're transferred from Alabama. That's a little bit different than transferring from like. Got another one for you though, Baker Mayfield, also a transfer from Texas Tech to okay. Oklahoma. So I mean, it can work out, but generally, I think the rule, generally speaking, especially at like lower tier programs, is you're probably just you probably just weren't cut out for it, and your ego's too high to recognize that, and you think. Well, I don't know if I'd say a, a Baylor, a really good looking Baylor team right now. To going to the Utes, Pac-12, solid potential. Had a great la- season when they last played a full season. I don't. I wouldn't say that's like sub-tier stuff. Like those, those are like those reasonable to think that it could work out. Yeah, I mean, he did suck. I mean, I don't know if it was him, but Baylor did suck last year, and then I mean, they got some coaching changes this that, year. Well, fair, but his numbers were all right. His numbers at Baylor were actually pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Well, regardless, I just think it's kind of a bitch move to to quit. No, there's no question about that. I mean, it's there's a sense of entitlement there that you're like, we're just going to start seeing this more and more, quite frankly, more and more with uh, this generation because we it's part of the culture now. And we've talked we've talked about this before in the context of recruits. And I know you've taken issue with these high school kids that are always like showing like which offers they get and posting their highlight video on Twitter and stuff. And it's like, dude. That's how this world works now. There are things that you and I say on social media that are self-promotion type or variations of it that our parents would have never even dreamed of just like pushing out there for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. You know, that's we've seen a a, a slow um a slow uh what's the word I want to say like devolvement so to speak of decorum when it comes to how we act in a public public sphere now, like social media. So these kids grow up that social media is self-promotion. So if they have one, they know like, well, that's just what you do. Like you just go and talk about everything good that's happening to you. So of course they're posting their offers. Of course they're posting their highlight videos. And now we're starting to see this with transfers where it's like, not only am I posting everything that good happened, that, that that's good that happens to me, I'm also... Um, talking about or sorry i'm also demanding that i have success wherever i go and if i don't it's not my problem it's theirs which that whole thing worries me about byu's quarterback situation because we have two quarterbacks underneath jaron hall who don't have much more eligibility than him if any at all in baylor's case conover does but yeah baylor romney and jaron hall are the exact same and but conover is only one year behind jaron so i I, I guess if he took a red shirt this year it'd be two but even yeah. even a guy like Conover might like. I mean, right now he puts on like a team player face, but I mean, who knows what he's really thinking? And he might be ready to say, you know what? If I'm not going to be the starter for most of my career, I'm out of here. And we could, I could, I would not be shocked at all to see him gone after this season. To be honest, mm. go to like Boise State or go to Utah, even like wouldn't shock me at all. Hmm. Would be interesting. Would be interesting. 
would be too bad to miss him. That'd be that'd be weird to play against him. Yeah, it would be. But it, these 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 highly recruited guys really get an ego, though. I mean, I I've in, in, at least as a BYU fan, I I think for once you're like a three star quarterback, then after anything above that. I don't really take too seriously because we've seen so many situations of five-star and four-star guys falling flat on their faces. So like once you're a three-star or better, it's all going to be who puts in the most work at that next level and who that's the person that's going to succeed. Uh, yeah. And so like if we lose a four or five-star guy like Conover, I'm not going to like lose my mind over it. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up. But uh, at some point I want to get, get it get a segment going where we talk about childhood movie reviews. And one that I've been talking about is like the mighty ducks <laughs> and just going through like <laughs> that whole storyline and everything. And just going back and be like, how is it that we just accepted these things? And I feel like there's a, there's an Avenue to talk about a ton of different childhood movies in that regard. Well, I'll need to go back and rewatch that one. Cause that, I, my memory is pretty uh, faint on that one. The only part I really remember is the whole knuckle puck thing. With a knuckle puck, yeah. Ke- was it Keenan, the fat guy from from Nickelodeon? Was he the one who hit the knuckle puck? <laughs> Maybe who's could, an SNL guy now? Up, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought the knuckle. No, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think yeah. he did hit the knuckle puck. <laughs> it was um, it was that other big kid, Fulton, Fulton, who hit like the one that would break the net. <laughs> <laughs> he hit a hockey puck so hard that it broke the back of the net. All right. Well, I've got I've got some homework. I'm gonna a 33 year old man is gonna watch Mighty Ducks by himself in preparation for a podcast. Love it, dude. Let's get on it. All right. Anything else from remote chase? You got a you got your own things going on that you want people to know about? Of course. Nah, just I mean I'm in a new house now, so that's a whole that's a new stage of life, I guess. But I mean nothing to talk about in that regard. Well, congrats on that, man. Much appreciated. Thanks for coming on, dude. Talk to you later. Yep. There's an hourglass sitting on my table I'm watching Cause everything's changing my mind Goes to a different time Old love I remember falling so mad